This is the reality. Hello again, welcome to the reality. I'm Dudley Anderson, really good to be with you for the next half hour. Talk about the sure reality of life as found in Jesus Christ. The reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at our website, surereality.net, or drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. Stan Lander began battling to speak one day. His face began to feel twisted, but he thought he was only tired. Doctors suspected a minor stroke. But after more tests, Stan was diagnosed with a brain tumour. And what they had found there was some tumor lodged in my brain. This tumor was a very serious form of cancer called a primary CNS lymphoma of the brain. When his doctor um, shared his report with us, he said, basically, he says, you're looking at uh, three to six months. It's going to get you. I went down for prayer. Um, so, so finally, when we went for that final MRI, he comes back and he goes, he says, I've never seen this before. It's completely gone. And he says, there's just a hole in his head. We'll find out more about that in just a minute. But as always, I began our conversation with Stan by asking him to tell us how he came to find the reality of Jesus Christ in his own life. Today's The Reality, recorded via Zoom. It's a pretty fascinating story, even as I look at it, um, because I come from a Jewish background. And, uh, you know, I was brought up as a little kid that you could you could accept anything except for Jesus. So um, what happened to me is, you know, I was, I was brought up in a semi-Orthodox Jewish family, Dudley. I, um, you know, I went to Hebrew school three days a week after public school. And then on Sundays, I had my bar mitzvah at age 13. Uh, you know, I said in my prayers, my grandfather, just as we read in Deuteronomy, um, you know, that you shall teach it to your children. And, you know, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, when you rise up. And my grandfather taught me, even as a young boy, the word, the Hebrew prayer, the Shema, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is, is one. And, um, you know, so I was very, very involved in the Jewish community. And when I was 12 years old, um, my mother passed away. And it was, it was like the love to a great degree in my family was, was just, a, you know, kind of sucked out of my life. Her, both her parents died within a year, broken hearts. And so my dad, um, God bless him. He, you know, he rallied. He, he did everything he could he, to keep the family together. I had a younger brother and an older sister. He remarried. And, uh, you know, I pretty much walked the straight and narrow path. But the, but the summer between high school and college, um, I was busted for marijuana. Oh. And uh, I was put in jail. It was over in eastern Washington, which is a very rural area. And uh, they were pretty much just out, you know, to to put somebody in jail. And I was giving a hitchhiker a ride. And this state, not state trooper, but this park ranger was really looking for this young kid who was 17 who was in my car. Mm-hmm. Well, this park ranger almost ran me off the road. And he put me in his car with a buddy of mine. And uh, it, the whole town, it was in, again, Eastern Washington, which is very, very rural. It's on the other side of the state. And uh, to make a long story short, um, there was a there was a chase. It ended up on the on a 500 foot cliff area. Um, it's like Niagara Falls, except anyways, it's called um, Dry Falls. And it's over in an uh, area, interesting enough, called Moses Lake. And this was very much wow. my Egypt. Wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. So, um so they put me in, we came down to actually checking out the car and 
this kid who's, who, who had my car. So the ranger gave him permission to drive my car. The kid kept going. And there are people on motorcycles trying to uh, curtail this kid and stop him. And it's really movie material. And I still have all the reports that were written up. But anyways, I don't, I don't want to um, elaborate on that much. Mm-hmm. Bottom line was they put me in jail. I was 18. I was uh, scheduled to go to the University of Washington about eight weeks later, my freshman year. My dad had to come bail me out of jail the next day. So here was this, you know, clean cut, nice Jewish boy who ends up in jail. And uh, I thought that I had just totally ruined my life. Hmm. Um, it was a felony, no less. And that summer, for a couple months uh, preceding college, um, I started reading the Psalms. And they were the only thing that gave me any kind of uh, peace. It was amazing. Um, I was awaiting my trial. And I was basically getting ready to do time. It was a felony. But lo and behold, I won my case. Mm-hmm. And it was, it, was, it was like, at that time, a taste of being given a new life. So I started college. Uh, there were a group of guys in that college. It was, it was, I was in a fraternity. Uh, there were a few guys praying for me. You know, so I, I was on a spiritual trek at that point because I started reading the Bible. And again, I started seeing these these Jewish people, I started reading the New Testament as well as the Old Testament. Mm. I, I read uh, C.S. Lewis's Mere Christianity and a couple other books. And it was about 18 months later. And God, you know, it's like he had said, sick him. You know, everywhere mm-hmm. I turned, I couldn't, I would run into conversations mm. about Jesus. But I knew I couldn't accept Jesus because, again, my family, my my community, you know, would, would consider me a traitor. Well, finally... My sophomore year, about 18 months later after this, and reading the Bible and, and actually implementing some of these truths that I just couldn't get away from. I mean, it just captured my heart. You know, people say, was it the love of God? And for me, it was it was probably more the truth that compelled me, that just pierced my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, I accepted the Lord 2 o'clock in the morning by myself in my college fraternity. And when I prayed, I prayed, God, this is... And I get I get choked up about this because mm-hmm. I remember praying, this is the most difficult thing I've ever done, God. Wow. But when God came into my life, it was just like, here it is. Here's the time. Forget all your predispositions and perceptions. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and I just I just got down on my knees and I had such an encounter with God that night. Um, I knew I was a new creature. There was no doubt in my mind. And it was it was wonderful, but I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell any of these guys in my fraternity. So the next the next day, I was invited to a friend's house for his aunt's house for dinner, and this is really wild. Mm -hmm. And I came back to the fraternity, and there's a note on my door: um, want to join me for dinner at my aunt's. Well, you know, when you're in college eating fraternity food, all you need to know is that you know this guy's aunt is a wonderful cook. (laughs) Plus, plus here's a kicker: he said, plus she has this uh, woman staying with her who um, was in a concentration camp. Wow. So I go, to this, I go to this dinner, and there's like five of us. It's candlelit dinner, very intimate. And uh, this uh, little old lady is sharing these stories about being in a concentration camp. And here I am at this private dinner, and uh, a, a woman off to the side is taking notes. And uh, now you've got to remember, I just accepted the Lord the night before. Mm-hmm. And this little, little lady says, she looks across to me, and she says, so tell me, Stan, how long have you known the Messiah? And Dudley, at that moment, the hairs on my neck just stood out. Wow. I was like, oh, this is showtime, isn't it, God? Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> so I, so I, I just blurted out, well, last night at 2 o'clock in the morning. Jeez. And she goes, and she lit up like a 6,000-watt like light bulb. She, just, <laughs> she said, 
a babe. And anyways, the woman was Corey Tim Boom. Oh my word! Yeah, I know. Wow, that's incredible. Isn't it though? <laughs> it's so cool. Wow. It's so cool. I know. I just <laughs> when I've shared this with people, I still it, it's like one of those watershed events where, whew, it's indelible. Wow. It's, it's 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 like those stones in the Jordan River where you, like any time I'm in doubt, I can go back and I could, and I want to connect with God's love. Yeah. All I have to think about was her staying up with me for like three hours, just sharing. It was like one of God's own precious angels coming down to earth just to say, "Kiddo, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay." That is incredible. That is amazing, uh, Stan. And, of course, we know that Corrington Boom was uh, very uh, uh, loving and caring towards the Jewish people, she herself being a Gentile, but it was very caring towards the Jewish people during the Second World War, taking care exactly. of them, hiding them during the uh, uh, the great uh, Nazi campaigns. And, and uh, you being a Jew meeting this lady, I just smacks of the touch of God and the Word of God uh, in your life. Absolutely incredible. And, and so she knew, even before she really had a, a conversation with you, that you'd just come to know the Messiah, Jesus, as Lord and Savior. How do you think that she, she recognized that? I think there was something, I believe, on me, call it a word of knowledge, call it just God's presence mm-hmm. on me, that she picked up on that, and, and, and she pulled it right out of me. But there was something there that, that resonated with her, for her to say what she said. That's all I that's all I could believe. Yeah. Fascinating. And then she prophesied into my life for like two, three hours about God's goodness and his his faithfulness. And so it was a wonderful, wonderful welcoming into the kingdom. I bet. Goodness me, what yeah. a privilege indeed. So um this was the moment that you'd received Jesus as Messiah, as Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Messiah. Uh how did your life change after that, Stan? I'd like to say I mean I was on fire but then four months later, I was hired by uh, International Airlines, and I moved to New York City <laughs> for about four or five months. Uh-huh. But it, it became rather difficult. I was 20 years old. I'd never even been on a plane, and here I am flying all over the world. But I didn't really, didn't really get my roots down until a couple of years later, and it was almost like a... Well, you know, not, I won't say the prodigal, because I never doubted in my heart, but there were just some... I didn't really get established in the faith as strongly early on until later. Right, I got it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, and I, I mean, I was 20 years old living in New York City, flying all over the world, and I'd like to say that, um, you know, that things were different. But, um, you know, I just I just went back to some sinful ways. Um, that is so typical of uh, of most of us. Stan, most of us are like that. You know, I didn't have a radical uh, experience of of conversion uh, from before and after. But nevertheless, I had a a time in my life where I drifted from the Lord as a a teenager. It's what what happens, isn't it? But you know what's important? And and I hear this in your testimony. The Scripture says, it says in Jeremiah, that God watches over His Word to perform it. And when God speaks His Word into somebody's life, He watches over it. He makes sure that His Word comes to fruition in that person's life. We can't defend God's word. He's able to defend his own word in our hearts, and he brings it to fruition. And this is what he's done in your life tremendously. Well, it's fantastic. What a great story. Uh, Stan, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, I want to find out about that healing. The reality is produced in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. 
To listen to this program again, please visit the website gnba.net. For more information about GNBA and other radio programs that we produce, please send an email to info at gnba.net. Email us info at gnba.net. And a very special hello if you've just joined us, clicked on in perhaps on the internet or listening to us right there on that radio station. Really good to have your company. I'm Dudley Anderson. This is The Reality, a half-hour talk show talking about the sure reality of life that we find in a real relationship with Jesus Christ. Just to remind you, I really appreciate emails very much. If you're listening up and you'd like to drop me a note, it's Dudley, D-U-D-L-E-Y, Dudley at surereality.net. Today on The Reality, we're speaking with Stan Lander, who grew up in a Jewish home. Stan came to faith after seeking God by reading the Psalms. The Lord opened up his word to Stan, and he soon gave his life to Jesus and accepted him as Lord and Messiah. One of the most significant events in Stan's life was when he inadvertently met the great woman of faith, Corrie ten Boom, the very day after he'd accepted Jesus into his life. Corrie ten Boom spent a few hours with Stan, encouraging him and teaching him about God's plan for salvation. This plan is that God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ. If we believe in him, we will have eternal life. See, God demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were all yet sinners, Jesus died for us. Jesus is the descendant of the Jewish King David, who, in fact, was a man after God's own heart. The Jewish scriptures prophesied that the son of David would sit on David's throne forever. This would not be possible with any normal, natural royal descendant. However, Yeshua ben David, or Jesus, the son of David, was also Emmanuel, the son of God. Therefore, Jesus was able to bear the results of sin when he died upon the cross as the Son of Man, but demonstrated God's power by reconciling us to him when he rose again from the dead as the Son of God. By believing that Jesus died and rose again and confessing him to be Lord and Savior and Messiah, we move from death to life and are saved from sin. This is what Stan Lander must have understood about his new faith when he was speaking to Corrie ten Boom. But, like so many of us, Stan drifted for a while. However, he soon revived his walk with Jesus and married a lovely lady, Lida. But their faith was soon to experience a massive challenge. Let's find out more as we speak with Stan Lander via Zoom. Six years ago, I had a situation where I would call it... um, uh, a seizure, and one night I, I just I was stumbling. We were um, we we're upstairs, one of the other rooms, and uh, I couldn't talk. It was the craziest thing, Dudley. It was like having a, a a stroke, and I couldn't talk. I was stumbling on my feet, and she, being a flight attendant um, with American Airlines uh, at the time. You know, she ran me through some some diagnostics real quickly and urged me to go to the hospital. But being the, you know, <laughs> hard nosed male, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can handle this. <laughs> yeah, let me just sleep it off. I'll be yeah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I thought it was. I don't know. Anyways, yeah, I, I, I was resistant. We'll put uh-huh. it mildly. Put it yeah in those terms. I was resistant. Uh-huh. So 
so I was fine the next day and I was, I was good for about another month and a half. So this was maybe in July and then I don't know, later in September, I was down visiting my father and, uh, and my niece and a couple of friends of hers were there visiting with him as well. And, uh, and I, and I started like stumbling over my words and I said to my niece, I said, Sherry, am I talking funny? And she goes, no, uncle Stan, you're fine. Hmm. So I came home and I'd been up a lot the night before and I'd had a business meeting that morning. So I just slept it off. But even when I got home, my son said, dad, you're, you're kind of unstable. You okay. And again, I just said, you know, I, I just need to, I need to sleep it sleep it off. So the next day I went into one of these local urgent care facilities and the doctor on call there said, on duty said, yeah, it looks like you probably had a TIA. Um, you know, let your, your general practitioner know as soon as you can and, uh, you know, take it from there. So the next day I went into my, my general practitioner and um, my doctor and she ordered a, a MRI and about, I don't know, a couple of days later, I get a call. Um, we found something you need to come in. Mm -hmm. And what they had found there was some tumor lodged in my brain, which I'd never had anything like this in my, in my life. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been healthy for the most part. That commenced about a month and a half of every diagnostic out there from spinal taps to blood tests, EEGs, EKGs, ultrasounds, more MRIs, more MRIs. Mm -hmm. And uh, finally they came to a conclusion, um, that this tumor was a very serious form of cancer called a CNS, primary CNS lymphoma of the brain. Goodness me. And my, my wife and I, I remember that day so vividly when his doctor um, shared his report with us and uh, we pressed him for a prognosis. He was kind of hesitant and he said, you know, he gave us a prognosis of this uh, cancer and he said, without even being able to look at me in the eyes. And, and you know, I, I have compassion. That's that's a tough place for him to have been. Mm. But he said, he said basically, he says, you're looking at uh, three to six months. And even with chemo and radiation, you're looking at a year or two at best, but it's going to get you. Oh, my goodness me. That was a tough weekend. And so, you know, we went to a church that we used to attend for about eight years that's really strong in the faith regarding healing and uh I went down for prayer and there was a gentleman there that I knew well and actually, in fact, he came to me and I started doing a, a radio show with him for about two years. But he prayed for me and very prophetic and very strong in, in the faith. And one of the things he'd asked me, he said, is, is there anything that you haven't forgiven yourself for or that you've withheld forgiveness? And immediately something surfaced hmm. and, and I could share that with you. I haven't shared this publicly when I share my story, but um, it was for going, well, two opportunities to go into full-time ministry, mm -hmm. going way back. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so I knew what it was. And then there were some other things between my wife and I that we had to, you know, kind of just really, really bring forgiveness to the forefront. And, um, and he prayed for me that day. And then the next Sunday, um, my wife knew about a doctor from Thailand. Uh, his name is, he goes by Dr. Lau. Um, his name is Varun Lahaprasad. We'd gone to visit him um, that week after I'd gone to this this prior church, and um, we went to visit him and you know get a second opinion, and uh, and he had confirmed the same diagnosis. So this wasn't just you know where they got the you know the guy's papers you know confused with somebody else's. It was it was confirmed and reconfirmed. And he said to me, he said, "Can I pray for you?" And um, 
you know, I was in tears and I said, if you weren't going to offer, I was going to ask you. Mm-hmm. So um, he prayed for us. And then I came to his church that Sunday and there was a power outage from some of the wind and the trees coming down. And there were only about, you know, the, the church typically is around 500 people. There were maybe like 20 people in the church that day. It was cold. And I remember when he prayed for me, I mean, I felt the electricity go through my body. And and I, I never, and I've gotten to know him very well since then. I never want to, um, you know, hold up a person. But um, I believe in all these different things. And I can't say at what point, you know, did things turn around. But but these were all instrumental. So he prayed for me. And then, um and then about three weeks later, I had a final MRI after this, and uh, my wife and I went into him. And in the interim, I don't know if you remember this part of um, of my story, but even we're watching CBN, and we watched it from time to time. And uh, Terry Mewson there had a word one evening, and she said, um, someone out there has been diagnosed with a brain tumor, and it's not a question of, of whether or not you have it. It's there. Mm-hmm. Your question is whether God can heal such a thing. Today, God is setting you free. He's totally healing that tumor. It'll just disappear. Wow. And so, I, yeah, yeah. And, but you know what? At this point, I was, I, I was already sensing that I was healed. And, um, you know, I mean, the things that I did, people say, well, how did, what did you do? What did you do? It wasn't any one thing. I prayed a lot of scriptures over my body. You know, in the, in the final analysis, I believe I gave God a mustard seed. But there were some key scriptures that I prayed. Um, I never took ownership. I, I went in to fill out a form at one point, and I didn't even, it said, what are you in here for? And I wouldn't even check the box that said cancer. Mm-hmm. But all these things the Holy Spirit led me to do. Um, I didn't go on the Internet. I didn't look these things up to, you know, to learn about the disease. Um, but I was just really, really just trying to be obedient to what God told me and my wife, you know, to do. Um, so, so finally, when we went for that final MRI, he comes back and he goes, he says, I've never seen this before. It's completely gone. <laughs> Isn't Amazing. that cool? <laughs> Amazing. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. you know, and so when God performs a miracle like that, all you can do is sit back in awe and, uh, and just, I mean, we, we walked out of that office that day, just like two little babbling kids, just crying with the tears wow. of joy coming down our cheeks. It was so amazing. Praise God. So it was literally there one minute they did the scan and what was, was it just blank? What was in the place? Was there, uh, you know, could they see scar tissue? What was the result? It's funny that you ask that. That's really, he comes back and he goes, <laughs> my wife says, well, what's there? Then, you know, your, your same question. And he says, there's just, a hole in his head. <laughs> she goes, a hole in his head. Goodness Is that me. a good thing? <laughs> but yeah, scar tissue. And and you know, I have I have the previous MRIs, and I keep them on my phone. And anybody that has you know, basically you know, a heartbeat and a temperature, I'll share very you know just quickly. Hey, you want to hear something really cool? And that's 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 been my ministry. It's just to encourage, and as people, um, you know, ask me to share, I share. But it's not something where. You know, I, I go out and look for opportunities, you know, like with you. I love sharing the story. It's just, you know, I, I just want to give God the glory Amen. completely. That's so, amazing. Yeah, it's just amazing. 
Praise God. That's really an incredible story. It's a remarkable healing. You know, um, it reminds me of uh, some accounts in the Bible when uh, people said that Jesus performed amazing or remarkable healings. They weren't just casual, you know, snotty nose one minute and better the next, you know. It was a remarkable healing. One minute there was a, a lump in your brain, a cancerous tumor, and the next minute it was gone. That's just incredible. And it, it, you cannot, you know, understand that. Uh, what were the doctor's res, uh, responses to this, Stan? <laughs> well, I've started going to his church since that week, for one thing. He's also, I, I might have left that out. He's not only a very well-recognized um, neurosurgeon, he's also a full-time pastor. All ah, right. Um, we're sitting in, in church. I mean, he it built his faith up. And he, you know, he goes to... Um, Thailand, and now he's starting to go to Europe and places around the world, um, starting up churches. And again, he's going to retire this April. But, you know, his response, I think it was the first time he had seen a brain tumor um, type of healing miracle. Um, because I remember sitting in church one morning and he says, People ask me, Dr. Lau, Dr. Lau, Pastor Lau, when are you going to retire? And, and he says, When I start seeing more God, healing people more by the Holy Spirit than mm. by my scalpel. <laughs> and he looks down at me and he goes, and he says from the podium, he says, and you're the first. Ah, so it had an indelible impact on him. Yeah. But he, he moves in those gifts and he's just such a, such a gracious, wonderful man. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it had an impact on him and, you know, his ministry is growing and he's just very, very humble. And I'm just so thrilled that, you know, that my wife, um, knew somebody and got us in to see him when she did. Amazing. So what what are you doing with your life now, Stan? What's your work? Do you have uh, a ministry? Do you share this testimony around the world? What is God doing with you? I just love sharing God's faithfulness. And that was one of the, the key verses, in fact, you know, that uh, I shall not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Um, you know, just my, my ministry is I do share, you know, Passover and how Christ fulfilled the Passover. I've done that for 20 years at churches, and I do devotions for different groups. But, um, you know, not nothing uh, uh, official, nothing nothing that's super structured, um, just as opportunities arise. Um, but CBN came out here a couple of years ago. And what I realized, deadly interesting enough, was I was I was denying the glory that God was deserving of by not sharing it in more of a public venue. So I, you know, I, I did contact CBN and they were very quick to, you know, to want to come out and produce the story. And they vetted me and went through all the process. And I really appreciated that. And, um, you know, they did an excellent job and I've shared it on some, some radio programs here and there. Um, but just as much as anything, it's just been one-on-one as people, you mm. know, my, if I have a gift, you know, I have a pastor's heart, um, but I, it's encouraging people. And if this is, you know, you talk, I mean, these two stories and my life has, I've had other stories as well as has my wife of God's faithfulness, but that's just what, you know, what I'm about. That's my DNA is just to come alongside people, encourage them and, and help build their faith and, and see them fulfill what God's plans are for their life. Amen. Fantastic. Well, I know God's got a plan for your life too, Santo. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us today on The Reality. The Reality. 
For today on The Reality, we've been speaking to Stan Lander. What an amazing story of God's saving grace as Stan put his faith in Jesus Christ as Lord and Messiah. And then when he suffered this dreadful disease, this cancer in the brain, this tumor, how God miraculously healed him. It reminds me of the scripture that we find in Isaiah 53 verse 5. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his stripes we are healed. Well, praise God. God has healed us not only of our sickness and our illness, but also of our sin through the blood of Jesus Christ. If you'd like to know more about this, please do drop me an email, dudley at surereality.net. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. Please find out more at our website, surereality.net. The Reality, produced in partnership with Good News Broadcasting Association. You can find out more about GMBA at gnba.net or drop them an email, info at gmba.net. From me to you, as always, keep walking in the sure reality of Jesus Christ.